ButcherBox makes it easy and convenient to get the highest quality grass-fed, grass-finished beef, organic free-range chicken, heritage breed pork, and wild-caught seafood without any antibiotics or added hormones delivered straight to your door. For me, I love their ribeye steak with a smoke and reverse sear, their tender belly bacon, which is some of the best uncured bacon on planet Earth. ButcherBox partners with people, small farmers included, that treat their animals in the best possible way and never give any added antibiotics or hormones. When you join, you choose your box and delivery frequency. You can cancel at any time without any penalty, and ButcherBox delivers amazing and fresh meat right to your door in a 100% recyclable box. For a limited time only, get free chicken nuggets for a year and 10% off your first box when you sign up today and use the code WP. That's a 22-ounce bag of gluten-free organic chicken nuggets in every order for a year when you sign up at butcherbox.com forward slash WP and use the code WP. Welcome to Western Contours Podcast, sharing experiences, providing insight, and looking for solutions to become better hunters. We talk gear, on and off season preparation, tips and tactics, conservation, and finding inspiration in the outdoors as sportsmen and women. Thank you for joining us as we share our love for all things Western hunting. Hey guys, I sat down with Colleen, the Duck Lady Donahue. We get into Southern traditions, duck hunting, therapy in the outdoors. Enjoy the episode. Take care. So we're on with Colleen Donahue. Colleen, thank you for your late visit with me this evening. Had a, Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. We had a little time zone meltdown there, so... <laughs> We'll just jump right into it. Uh, why don't you start us off here and give us some background and tell us about yourself and we'll get into your outdoor and hunting life. Oh, well, uh, I was born and raised in Vermilion Parish, Louisiana, um, which is South Louisiana, um, and was lucky to be born into a family of duck hunters. <laughs> um, and my dad started taking me out whenever I was around three and, uh, just kind of fell in love with everything out there ever since. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a and, way of uh, life down there. <laughs> oh yeah. Sportsman's paradise. Yeah, like you had said. Yes, man. <laughs> Sorry about that. Go ahead. Um, let's see. Um, so three years old, when did you actually start uh, getting behind the call and the trigger there? Oh, well, my dad always let me play with the calls. Um, he, <laughs> it's um, my dad. It's a family camp that we have. And um, whenever I was younger, um, whenever they'd be all watching football and having adult time, they'd stick me in the back room with a, an old VHS tape <laughs> of um, the Robertson's duck calling uh, video. Mm-hmm. 
and I'd just be back there blown away. <laughs> and uh, so I guess probably, I think I was seven whenever I shot my first duck. Mm-hmm. And uh, I started out the usual um, 410 and uh, of course getting them on the water. <laughs> and um, I still do that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I try not to. It's it, it's more. I don't know. Um, I guess it's more difficult to get them in the air. Yeah, <laughs> I like I like the challenge. Yeah. yeah, I've only been a couple times, and uh, yeah, I'm horrible wing shooter. I'm I'm yeah deplorable. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a couple times I went, you know, and we saw birds flying, but the calling skills aren't there. And uh, it was like after about four or five hours, oh, you're on the water, see ya. <laughs> yeah, they, um, they, everybody calls different, you know. Um, uh, I am usually kind of spoiled. My uh, dad does more calling than I do. Um, <laughs> but, um, uh, I'm I'm okay. <laughs> I'm still working on it. Yeah, it's always one of those things, though, right? I mean, we we're as hunters, we're constantly learning and growing, and even when you think oh, yeah. you have it dialed, you're you're still you're still chomping at the bit to get better. I want to, and that's one of the things I love about it. Uh, I love learning and growing, and there's it seems like always something new to learn about hunting or even just the outdoors in general. Mm-hmm. So you brought it up and I brought it up before we hit record there. So sportsman's paradise. I mean, you have your game. Rich. Oh, it's... <laughs> you are absolutely game rich down there, right? With the bayous. And why don't you give us some of that? I mean, you got whew, everything from whitetail deer to ducks to crawfish. Oh, I mean, it is just oh, crazy. We, we have it all. It's, it's great. Um, I mean, there's literally something to do all year round. Um, duck hunting in the fall, deer hunting, of course. Um, there's hog hunting year round. Um, alligator season, of course. That's always fun. Um, uh, squirrel, of course. Um, fishing. <laughs> there, the Gulf is right there. Right. Uh, you can you can go offshore fishing. You can go freshwater fishing, crabbing. saltwater fishing, anything. Crabbing, I love going crabbing, and crawfishing, like you said. Oh. My um, my best friend owns a pond, so so I I get to go help him a lot, and of course reap the benefits sometimes. <laughs> Shuck them and suck them. That is the best crawfish <laughs> boil like no other. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah, and you're and I'm in Cajun country, so. We, we like our spices. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's where, like I said, that's where my, my entire family is from. I was the first one born here. So uh, I can definitely relate to the spices and the food. And oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so the duck lady, right? That's the Instagram handle. Why don't you give us a give us a bit about that passion of yours? So scrolling through and. Talking to John, this is a collective episode for Kong Valley. Um, and he's like, man, you got to get Colleen on. She's down there just <laughs> knocking him out of the sky. So what, uh, <laughs> what about the duck hunting 
that just keeps you keeps you plugging away at it? Um, I, like I had said earlier, I, I think it's the challenge. Uh, I, I'm one of those people. I've always been in sports and everything, so uh, I, I I like being good at whatever I do. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Ever since I was young and you know, learning how to aim with a slingshot. And then uh, my dad showing me how to aim with a BB gun. It's just, it's like, I don't know. I, I, I need the challenge. <laughs> and I mean, it's, I don't know. I, I guess the biggest challenge is probably the teal because they zoom by you normally. <laughs> um, but um I, I so you got to fill me in so you know for us western hunters right or you know we're looking at antlers and in you know counting inches and counting tines and so what is it about duck hunting that that makes you keep chasing right for us it's like okay i got you know i got a 180 inch mule deer now i want to you know up the ante <laughs> and get a get an atypical, you know, 190 or something. What, you know, what about duck hunting does that? Is there a species that you say, Hey, this year I got to have this one, or I got to have, you know, the trifecta of this bird. I got a friend that chases quail, right? And he's, his mission is to harvest each species of quail and have, you know, those mounts on his wall. I want to say there's six or seven of them that he's, that he's chasing. Is there something like that with the ducks? Um, I mean, some people, uh, I mean, of course I, I don't, it's always like, um, a little blessing or, uh, you know, real awesome memory or whatever you want to call it. Um, whenever you get a species or a banded duck, um, cause I mean, in some areas you'll get higher rates of banded ducks or whatever, but, um, we ha we don't get them all that often in our marsh. And, um, so that's always really cool just to be able to look up the information and all that. Um, what, what but, information do they carry on the bands? Uh, they give you everything from the sex, where it was born, um, what year it was born. Uh, like, uh, I can't, can't think of everything right now. So, that's a trip. Um, where's, so where's your, what's your best one? What's your best band, I guess. Cause I'm, I'm searching cause I don't know zero uh, about duck hunting. So uh, getting something <laughs> from like, you know, Manitoba coming down. That was, you know, seven, eight years well, old or. Well, I had, I had, um, I've only, I've personally, I've only gotten two in my life. Um, I had my first banded duck was a banded, um, Drake Mallard. And it was from Ontario, Canada. Oh, wow. I'm too far off. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, it, I want to say, was four years old. Wow. Yeah, that's um, pretty neat. Yeah, he, he was a big boy. <laughs> um, and then um, just the other year, I got a um, banded blue wing and... That duck, I want to say, was banded in 
maybe North Dakota. Dang. Now that's something else. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, and it's cool because they, they ban ducks all over the place for different reasons or different research or, and all kind of things. So it, it's neat whenever you find bands on a bird. <laughs> That's like the, uh, trophy of the duck world. Yeah. It, well, they even have, um, some birds that they banned with kind of a GPS tracking system and, um, they can tell, they can they can tell you, but they're I mean they're of course always getting their transmitted feed or whatever. Um, but you can see where the birds flew and everything, like their their little track on the GPS. Oh, that's it's, cool. It's, so it's amazing. You, do you call it in when you when you get a banded duck, or is that you know do you fill out a report card or something after season that you put that information on? Is that how you gather all that? You used to have to call it in. Um, you, I think you still can, but now you can also go to a website and um, uh, type in the numbers and stuff that's on the band. It's It has all the information kind of stamped on it. So scrolling, I kind of noticed, uh, kind of noticed that uh, you are, taking some youth hunters under your wing um, and passing down that tradition and sportsman's paradise, right? Being raised with that tradition is a big deal, but I I would say nowadays it it seems to be less and less um, even in, you know, places where it is pretty, pretty popular. Um, how important or why do you find it important to pass down that tradition? Oh, man. Um, well, like you said, you you see more and more kids these days that are just kind of glued in front of a screen, whether it be a TV screen, a computer screen, telephone, whatever. They're just they're glued to that and they're not seeing the world that's in front of them. They're not realizing they have all these fun like things that they could be doing instead of just amusing themselves (laughs) however they are Um, and um it's it's just so important to show people that you don't have to have a lease or property or whatever to go do all these things you can there's plenty of public land plus i mean i before i got a boat or what i shoot i still like to go fish off the side of the road mm-hmm. <laughs> or um crab on the side of the road or you know whatever um there's just so many resources that if you don't share with the with the youth, I don't know. It, you'll just slowly see everything diminish. Yeah. It's Southern swamp tr- heritage tradition, right? I mean, you start looking at the bodies. I remember going down as a kid and I forget where we were at, where we were going fishing. And, uh, I look over and, uh, you know, there's kids, 
there's kids swimming and I'm like, man, there's, there's gators all over the place. There's <laughs> swimming in there. You know, at the time. Well, they're was, not going to bite you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I might've been four and a half foot tall at the time. Um, but <laughs> that, that doesn't matter. that's, that's something. And I guess if you're not there, if you've never experienced it and you've never seen it, I mean, that is absolutely a way of life. Like that heritage in the South, especially to me, especially in Louisiana is huge. Um, I mean, I grew up fishing, right? I mean, it wasn't down there because uh, my family moved to California, but that was, I mean, it was just ingrained, inbred into everything that we were about. If you look at the food, I mean, the food is everything that you're able to go out and harvest. Right. And, and yeah. I, you know, listening to my grandmother and she, you know, tell me stories about when they were growing up. I mean, if you were going to eat, you were going to eat out of the waterways, you know, it was, you were going and harvesting your own food. Um, and that tradition down there just runs strong. And it's scary to me when you start looking at, you know, and, and we hear it, right. Hunter numbers declining, blah, blah, blah. Um, but when you look at that heritage and that tradition in a place like Louisiana and to think that even even there it's in jeopardy is something else to me. That's it is just it's crazy. Yeah, it's. It's. It's mind blowing how. Like, <laughs> I don't like, for instance, we'll watch. um the TV show um, Naked and Afraid, and some of the, some episodes they'll have um, ep shows or whatever in Louisiana, and it's like, man, <laughs> they're making it. It's so dramatic about this, but I mean, we swim with alligators all the time. They're not going to bite you. We do it every day. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, like they'll show in the jungle this, and then they say some crazy name for a spider but it's like the banana spiders that we have over here and <laughs> we like play with them on our arms and stuff and i mean it's 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 crazy to see how like i guess sissified <laughs> yeah <laughs> that <laughs> or um just how different places can be state to state or I mean, even if I, I don't know how much you know about Louisiana, but I mean, from South Louisiana to North Louisiana, it's really almost like two different states. <laughs> it's, it's, it's completely different. Um, still good people, <laughs> just, just very different ways. It's, it's weird. Like how? Explain that one. Oh, Lord. Um, <laughs> uh, the accents change. Um, uh, the way they cook changes. Um, I don't know. It's, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know how to um, explain that one, I guess. Nicely. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So let's talk food a little bit, right? Because that's some of the best po'boys mm. <laughs> and etouffee and gumbo and jambalaya. I mean, that just hits home for me. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Crawfish boils, blue crab in there. Oh. 
So oh, yeah, and I, the, I, I live right in the heart of all of that. <laughs> yeah, that is just, uh, yeah, it's next level. And a lot of people don't realize it, right? You know, and for me, I get offended. I'll go somewhere and I'll see gumbo on the menu and I'll scrutinize the hell out of it. And I'm like, you know what? Let me get that gumbo. And they'll bring that thing out and I'm looking at it and I'm like, this is, what is this? <laughs> this is not gumbo. This oh, is I've kind of I've learned pretty much to never order Cajun food out of Louisiana. <laughs> yeah, you can't do it's, it. Oh, no. Even sometimes like people will be like, oh, um, in Colorado, um, oh, we're from Louisiana. We're going to open up a Cajun restaurant. And then you, you go over there and it's not Cajun food. It's like gumbo with tomatoes in it or something <laughs> like that. And that's what kills me, right? I watch my, my mother and my grandmother and my great-grandmother and my grandfather spend hours, hours. I, I think with gumbo, they would two days or something. Right. And it's like, how are you doing that in 20 minutes? That is not gumbo. That is some kind of soup <laughs> medley soup <laughs> with some, some water. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's something else. The roux is just, is no roux. They don't even know what roux is. I remember asking somebody and I just do it just to, just to be an ass. And uh, the what? And I'm like, yeah, this is trash. Get this out of here. This is like, uh, I call it, I always call it Texas gumbo. <laughs> you see that uh, imitation crab meat and it's like, where's, where's the real stuff? It's, oh yeah. You, you really, you can't, you can't beat the food down here. No. Um, I mean, the seafood's fresh. Um it's probably one of the only places you can get real crawfish the way they're supposed to be eaten. <laughs> um, unless, I mean, I know multiple, many people that go out of state and will boil crawfish for people. <laughs> um, well, whenever we do a crawfish boil, here we we order it from Louisiana. If that tells you anything, <laughs> yeah. Gumbo, we got to get our oysters from Louisiana, so that that comes up too. There's just certain things that uh, that you can't skimp on. Oh no! Now I, I will say, when I was in Alaska, um, they had they had, of course, really good seafood, and um, we we were able to to eat right over there. <laughs> um, they, they had some really good oysters over there. Yeah. I can't imagine. Well, they're not claiming Cajun or Creole food either though. Yeah, you're right. Right. <laughs> That's what drives me crazy is that claim. And it's like, Oh man, like out here you see, uh, you see these, these places, you know, crab oil, Creole food or Cajun food. And I'm like, yeah, Sure, sure it is. Oh yeah, and and then a lot of people don't realize the difference in, in Creole and Cajun either. And I mean, I'm not the best person to give that <laughs> that explanation, but it there's there's a big difference. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So I will get off that food because I'm gonna get hungry, and I'll be looking at my <laughs> wife to make some jambalaya this weekend. Mm. So. 
Kong Valley, right? This is a collective episode. Um, why Kong Valley? What what stood out about Kong Valley? Why are you behind that message? What uh, what's your part there? Well, actually, um, they they found me. <laughs> um, I was on I'm on the Go Wild app, which is an amazing app. Um, and um, Jonathan or uh, Jay met actually had um, reached out to me after seeing one of my comments and um, him and I chatted for a little bit. And after realizing, you know, we had a lot of the same things in common, um, just talking about how like um, the nature and outdoors um, was kind of like therapy for us um, to get through whatever hard times in life or whatever you go through. And, um, uh, he just brought, started talking to me about how, um, he had talked to, um, some of his team members with Kong Valley and, you know, they thought that I had a great way of, you know, wanting to, I guess, get more people into hunting and realize that, you know, just nature is such a positive thing and, you know, we need to get more people out there and have, I guess, <laughs> less sad people in the world. Cause there's so much more, many, so many reasons to be happy. <laughs> and that and it definitely has a way of providing that therapy. That's for sure. Oh yeah. Um, and I, I mean, I, I I always talk about hunting and fishing, but I, I love hiking and traveling and, you know, uh, hiking and swimming and kayaking and all of that fun stuff. And I mean, sometimes, you know, yeah, you, Working out is another great way of, you know, dealing with stress or whatever. But sometimes you just get tired of that or seeing the same thing. And, you know, outside you just, there's always <laughs> something new or interesting to see or find or something, you know? Yeah, that the water, I mean, just, you know, you talk about kayak and if, you, if you're going down a waterway, it has a way of changing, even if it's the same one every time you go down it. Oh yeah. You know, the <laughs> sites are different every time. And, you know, especially if you, I'd imagine, you know, being, being where you're at, you're able to pick <laughs> it apart a bit, right. If it's the same waterway, but you know, seeing different ducks and the gators oh, down yeah. there, the gators, I don't know. You said you wouldn't, you, they're not going to bother you, but that, uh, yeah, that still kind of weirds me out getting in the water. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've, my, my dad has stepped on one. <laughs> And, um, one, one of my cousins, ha uh, friends has also stepped on one. Um, I mean, we're, we're walking around in marsh and everything and they're doing their own thing. I mean, as long as you're not splashing the water and everything, <laughs> uh, 
you know, drawing attention to yourself, then they're not going to pretty much leave you alone. Well, I guess, you know, we're, yeah. we're watching, uh, what's that TV show? My wife watches Swamp Swamp People. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so how far off base is that? <laughs> well, um, I mean, they, they show everything pretty much. It's just, it's really not that dramatic, uh, I don't find. <laughs> um I don't know. It, it's it's fun, and I mean it, it's um, really good eating. <laughs> but um, it's I don't know. I, they make it seem a lot harder, I guess, than yeah. it is. Yeah, TV though. But TV, I, TV has a way of. But I could that. be biased. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, you know, again, I imagine you grow up around that. It, you know, it's second second nature to a point. Yeah. So, <clears throat> and what's that? It's eluding me right now. That big old rat you guys got down there. A <laughs> nutria. Yes, I couldn't think of the name of it. It's driving me crazy. <laughs> so that thing was blowing up for years, right? Is it is it still going crazy? I mean, it's an invasive species and it was wreaking havoc on that ecosystem for a while. Have they figured that out or? Oh man. Um, well, I remember growing up, it was, they were out of control. They were everywhere. Um, but they started doing, um, kind of like, a you get $5 or $8 for every tail you turn in. And I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I guess you put something like that out there and you'll see the numbers drop pretty fast. <laughs> well, they were selling hunts. <laughs> I had a buddy that went down. I think it was probably like, I want to say it was like three, maybe four years ago. And uh, they went down for Mardi Gras. And uh, he's like, oh, yeah, we're going on a Nutria hunt, too. He booked like a two-day Nutria hunt where they just went around blasting them. So I imagine uh, with the money he paid, and I'm sure that the guide was turning them tails in. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I can bet that. Um I, I didn't even know that they did that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He went out. They were on the airboat and I think he went two days in a row and he said, Oh man, it was so fun. I'm like, all right, so you're really you're ready to really hunt here? Or, oh no, I'm good. He just wanted to go shotgun blast Nutria. <laughs> <laughs> well I mean it I I could see where that would be fun. Um they're they're not the easiest thing to kill. <laughs> I'd imagine. Um, I, I we got one um, this season that we had to kill. Uh, they they really are destroying the marsh, um, but we haven't seen as many numbers as as we have been in the past. But um, you think that the gators would have a little bit of say in that too? I mean that. Yeah. Pretty crazy. You would think, but yeah. but there's so much in the marsh for the gators to eat. It's it's ridiculous. I mean, you have everything in the marsh from f big fish to otters, nutria, um, deer, rabbits. I mean, all kind of things are out there. Hogs. <laughs> uh, there's. I mean, even just birds or like wounded birds from getting 
hit by a car or shot and not killed or whatever. I mean, the they eat well. <laughs> How's the hog hunting? Oh, it's it's out of control. <laughs> Is it? They they repopulate so fast. Yeah. Um, I think they can reproduce three to four times a year. And I mean, it's they're loving all of the fresh grass and everything growing right now. <laughs> um, they're just tearing everything up. And I haven't. Uh, I've been kind of doing more fishing lately, so I'm I'm supposed to be going back out there in the next week weekend or so um, to try to get some more hogs out of there. But uh, I think that's going to be a fight for a while. <laughs> well. I'd imagine, you know, it's sort of like Texas there, right? Where it's out of control. And I mean, there, oh, yeah. you know, when I was going down there, it was, you know, take as many as you want, you know, indiscriminate, just, just go. It, they're just a nuisance. Oh yeah. And it, it's, it's crazy. Cause you know, growing up as a, as a child, I would go walk the woods at night with, with my neighbor, you know, my buddy, and we'd go and just walk the woods with a little, I'd have my little pellet gun and I think he'd have like maybe a 22 or, uh, I think it was a 22. And um, we would just go walk the woods and shoot armadillos or raccoons or whatever. And we never had to worry about hogs. I, I don't think we even had a wild hog problem. And then, um, I want to say after Hurricane Rita or or Hurricane Katrina, um, we just all, hogs started appearing everywhere. And now, I mean, I wouldn't want kids to go in the woods at night by themselves anymore, um, unless they were, you know, uh, trained. I guess. <laughs> wow, it's that big of a problem. They're mean, so. Well, I, I'll, I'll tell you a quick little story. <laughs> um, me, my husband, and two of our friends were going um, hog hunting. Me and my friend were going to sit in a stand, and my husband and his friend were going to sit in a different stand. But um, to get there, you have to walk down this trail I made in the woods. <clears throat> and um, we were walking, and... About a, a week before we were out there, we had a big storm. And um, so there was a tree that was down on my path. So we kind of, I had made a path around the tree. Well, we're walking and keep in mind, this is at night and we have like the little green light on and that's it. We don't have any normal light on because we didn't want to scare anything. And um, so we're walking and we're getting to the area where the tree had fallen. So um, we were kind of in a line. And so I went to tell my husband, he was in front of me with the light. And I went to tell him, hey, there's there's a tree down on the path. You have to go, you know, around the right of it. And as I'm going to tell him that, he stepped on a piglet. And they were nesting in the fallen tree. <laughs> And all of a sudden, we just saw like 
piglets darting everywhere and like big pigs darting out this way and that way. And we were just like, Oh God. And (laughs) we just, we, we had to like, you know, think on our toes real fast and we put our backs together and we took out every light we could, every firearm we could and just had it pointed in all directions direction. with, <laughs> with a light on in every direction just to make ourselves seem as big as we could to these things and they're growling at us and grunting at us from like every direction and so we're just like oh my god like they're about to charge us so we start like freaking out we're like okay what do we do think and we're like okay um let's slowly all move as one and back out the way we came. (laughs) So we just slowly backed out. And I guess by the time we got like 50 yards back, um, they were only grunting in the direction that we had just come from. Mm -hmm. So uh, we were like, okay, okay, I think we're safe. You know, what do we do? (laughs) Do we try to walk to the stand or do we, we call in a night and, you know, me and my friend were like, Oh, no, we we have to go hunt now. Like, yeah. <laughs> they're there. They're there, yep. But uh, we were a little bit too chicken to walk back that way. So <laughs> we, uh, we let out a, a shot just to kind of get them, I guess, intimidated. And then we walked to the stand, but uh, we didn't end up seeing anything. <laughs> you think <laughs> the lead would have been flying when everybody was back to back? <laughs> Nobody let a round fly. <laughs> No, nobody. I mean, we were, we were, you couldn't see, um, because off of the path, um, the underbrush was just grown up and it's since the hurricanes, the woods aren't clear anymore. Uh, I guess under all the oak trees, it's all grown up with nasty junk stuff. And, uh, so you, you really can't see at night. I mean, during the day you can to an extent, but it, it's really easy to, I guess, camouflage yourself in there. Right. I mean, that's we, with, with both the hogs and the nutria, right? I mean, the adaptability of a species is, is pretty much going to determine whether or not it's successful. But when you start looking at what you guys have down there um, and some of the marshes and the bayou and everything, I mean, it's kind of the perfect storm for invasives. Um, it, it really is. That's a lot um, of, that's a lot of square miles. Well, not only that, we, I mean, we, the climate over here is so similar to many places, I guess, around the world where it is really hot and there is a lot of water. So, so many things can just thrive because there's so much to eat over here, you know? <laughs> it's amazing too, that they can actually do that amount of damage to where it's noticeable. Um, and, and, you know, be a problem. Um, that's something else, something else. So you had talked about the therapy in the outdoors. Um, you know, in your conversation with, with Jonathan there. So mm-hmm. I got a bullet here, finding your way outdoors. What, what does that, what does it provide? What therapy does it provide? And, you know, 
what how's that kind of shaped your life and and the person you are oh well um i guess uh in 2012 i uh i had lost my brother and he was with my dad where I look up to both of them and of course all my cousins and uncles and everything, but they, they, those were the two that I saw the most outdoors and learned the most from. So after he passed, it was like, okay, I need to step up and, you know, I'm going to make my dad, my family proud and I'm going to take over like, take care of the land and the camp because nobody goes out there um except for duck season so um it i i go out the rest of the year and you know take care of it and make sure everything's good and it's in doing that these last years it's been a learning experience and <laughs> um a growing experience where I've picked up more, like I, I never used to hog hunt, so I started hog hunting. I, I began like learning to track deer and all that stuff. Um, we we've hunted deer. It's it's just we've in the marsh. You kind of just would see them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Opportunity. It wasn't really. Yeah, it wasn't really like tracking them and all that the fun stuff, you know. Um, so, uh, I, I was able to, you know, focus on just learning uh, all aspects of being out there and learning the land and helping me grow in a sense where you find peace with yourself. I guess, I don't know if it's because you talk to yourself (laughs) (laughs) or (laughs) (laughs) or if you just, you get projects done, you know, and get proud of yourself or just that feeling of accomplishing stuff or, you know, um, having other people see other people's, um, you know, appreciation or like face whenever you and your friend go make it look good or keep it looking good you know it it's a great place and and I've used it I've taken friends and um friends of friends out there just to get away and you know find themselves again whether it just go be going I'm sorry whether it just be going camp out there or go fishing or just go ride the full wheeler or the side by side, you know, go mudding. <laughs> um, just, I've always been a person to want to see smiles on people's faces. So I guess I've always been kind of like the clown or whatever of the group. Uh, <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> so uh, it's, the outdoors is a place where, you know, it's it's like I I can bring somebody or even just go by myself, and it's like there's 
it's guaranteed you're going to leave laughing or smiling or, you know, something. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. That, uh, that lasting impression, right? I mean, you, at least for me, um, you know, I start thinking back on, you can remember just about every bit of a season, right? That, that misstep, you know, you snap the twig and just the, every little oh, yeah. bit of a season you can remember. And then to share that experience, like you said, with, with other people, um, your hard work at camp and yeah, that stuff is a big deal. And then the talking to yourself part, um, <laughs> you know, we laugh about it, but it happens <laughs> and it's oh, yeah. sometimes it's full conversations, <laughs> <laughs> asking questions and answering them. Oh yeah. Now, now if it, it sounds like other people, then you, we have an issue. <laughs> yeah. You got a You got a definite <laughs> issue there. Definite <laughs> issue. But yeah, I have those conversations at least a few times a season for, you know, it's something else, but yeah, that, uh, seeing those smiles and sharing that time, that's a, that is definitely a big deal there. So what do you have, you do any out of state hunting, any big game or any duck hunting out of state? I haven't yet, but that is in the works. I'm, I'm working on trying to get, um, possibly a hunt in Texas with one of my cousins or something. Um, and I've gotten to fish out of state a couple of times. Um, I, I like, I go, I try to go once every year and visit my best friend who's married to a, a guy in the military. So they move every four years and, um, he's a big, they're both big outdoors people. And, uh, so he's, he's gotten me to go fish, um, in a, different places like, uh, Utah or Alaska and South Dakota and stuff like that. So it, it's, it's neat. I always learn something. <laughs> I'm not used to all the different fish. Yeah, there's a lot. I, I had interviewed, uh, a gentleman by the name of Eric Myrie. He's in Colorado, owns a company called Basin and Bend. And, uh, talking to him he's a big fly fisherman and uh yeah he was blowing my mind with some of the stuff he was telling me looking up the fish as he's talking and i mean some of the most beautiful species of trout i didn't even know i'm not a a huge trout fisherman so i had no idea but wow you want to talk about just you know to be able to reel one of those fish in and just for that you know few seconds looking at how beautiful that creature is just amazing Oh yeah. My, my friend's husband had caught, uh, um, or he always catches, he fly fishes as well. And he always is catching trout or when they were in Alaska, salmon or, and trout. And, um, he had caught this one trout I remember, and it was a, a brook trout, I think mm-hmm. he had said. And he was telling me about how, you know, that's one of the oldest species of trout and, He's full of knowledge. <laughs> Sometimes you don't you don't know if you have to believe it all, but but, he, but when it comes to fish, he, he's he's pretty on point. Fishermen are bigger liars than hunters. <laughs> for the record, <laughs> they're bigger liars than hunters. So, what are you looking at uh, hunting in Texas? Is it a whitetail hunt or? Yes, um, 
the you were talking about the deer hunting in Louisiana and um in as far as the marshes um I know at least around where where we are um the the deer don't get really big um I don't know if it's because of the nutrition or if we'd have to like set a certain kind of food plot I, that that's what I'm still learning <laughs> but um they they're just you really won't find more than like a spike or like a two point or something like that. Um, so my, my cousin's always talking about how he sees these huge deer and he's sending me pictures from his bathroom window of like (laughs) 10, 12, 14 point bucks. And, uh, so we, we got him on a duck hunt um this last season and uh so he was telling me he he wants to get me on a deer and I was like look I'll take anything it doesn't <laughs> have to be a buck I, I, I just want to say I've actually gotten a deer mm-hmm. Texas but, is uh, hunting though oh it, it is it's I mean they have a lot of open land <laughs> it's a lot of opportunity there too I mean you you know you start looking at the the exotic species, um, oh, yeah. you know, a lot of people think of that and, you know, they think high fence and, um, but a lot of that high fence didn't keep those animals in because a lot of them are running around everywhere. Uh, it's true. <laughs> it is, they are everywhere, you know, even at, there's a small amount of public land in, in Texas. I think 2% or something like that. Texas is huge. So, you know, it's probably a million plus acres, but, um, yeah, that they're running all over the place. I mean, the the deer are phenomenal. Even the deer that aren't on those, you know, high fenced or those, you know, private land areas. Yeah. Are uh, they're substantial up top with that bone on their head. <laughs> oh yeah, I've I mean every deer I've I've seen out there, they're for one, there's plenty of deer <laughs> every time I see oh, them. Yeah. And then they're huge. Even the does seem like they're like, <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, I guess compared to Louisiana. And what's weird is like as soon as you as soon as you get east of Texas, the deer kind of shrink. I'm not sure what that is because Florida has, you know, and I, I don't want to sound, sound like I'm belittling that deer. But even Florida, they have dinks, right? I mean, from Louisiana down to Florida, the deer just are, I'm not sure what that is. Yeah, and yeah, I'm not sure if it's something with the marshes or the water. <laughs> I mean, it's, that it, that's a good question. Yeah, I wonder if it's a subspecies or something. I mean, they're just very small-bodied animals. Even the ones that have, you know, a, a decent a decent rack, um, are small. I mean, you're talking, yeah. you know, a you know four or five point buck. He might weigh 120 pounds. It's mm-hmm. definitely different. And, and I mean, some people will say, oh, you know, oh, I'd rather go shoot a buck in Texas because they're huge, versus you know a, a buck in Mississippi that's maybe not as big. But I mean. For one, I haven't actually shot a deer, so <laughs> any deer would be nice. But and then two, I mean, I've seen a small 
a smaller, I guess, dough um, shot and cleaned, and it provided more than enough meat to, to fill a freezer, you know? So, I mean, it's, it's, it's more, I don't know, I guess bragging rights. Than oh yeah, of course. Necessity. Yeah, but. <laughs> absolutely. But the challenge, um, the challenge of hunting yes. one of the marsh deers, um, that, that's a trophy in itself. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> I re- I remember um I had found where they were bedding in the marsh at one point whenever I was younger and my dad would drop me off and I'd go walk the marsh grass for a little while and I'd go find them <laughs> and like peek my head up at them cuz they'd always whenever we would be hunting you'd randomly see like a head and ears and then like another head and ears <laughs> out in like the corner of the pond or whatever and we'd laugh so then I'd go and I'd just I don't know I was being silly wanting to poke my head up at them and they didn't find it as funny but that's okay yeah now now that you're after them (laughs) you're not gonna have that opportunity yeah that's just the way it goes huh yeah but I mean, they they could get lucky. I mean, so I don't always have my my hunting gun with me. You know, sometimes I just go out there to get pictures and stuff. So, one of the things that I like to do every episode is uh, I call it the conservation quick, and it is to just get different perspectives. Right? Everybody has kind of a different take on conservation. Um, mm-hmm. So in call it two to three minutes, give us your, give us your take on conservation, the importance of, um, and things that you feel like we need to be looking at or doing or, or what you guys do down there in the South. Well, in the South, uh, I mean, a lot of people don't realize Louisiana is shrinking, um, and I'm for conservation for all of the world, the United States, everything. Um, but I guess my focus now is, or for right now, is um, on the Louisiana coastland because it's it's disappearing. And there's been a lot of different measures taken to help that, but um, like the biggest thing I think is going back to our youth. If you, if you teach them, you know, about conservation and about how, if you help the, you know, keep the land how it is, then you'll be able to enjoy it with their kids and then their kids, you know, it's without, taking care of it it's just slowly going to disappear whether it be from marshes disappearing into the water or land disappearing from concrete being poured you know Mm -hmm. there's so many different reasons to you know 
at least all do our little bitty part for conservation. Um, shoot, I mean, even even if you don't have time to do something yourself um, and you just have time to donate to whatever organization you want to donate to, um, I, I'm a member of the 2% for Conservation, mm-hmm. which is um, just basically pledging that I'm going to do my part to either donate or give my time to doing something for conservation. Um, They have all kind of things that are offered. Um, The wildlife and fisheries of your state usually have different events. Plus, I mean, you can just go out and when you're hiking or fishing or whatever you're doing, if, if you would just pick up any trash that you would see, then that makes such a big difference already. It's crazy. <laughs> and I, you know, so one of your KVC counterparts was, was out over the past weekend and I meant to send him a text or call him. Um, but, uh, Christian Rev, he, uh, filled up the back floorboard of his truck on the passenger side with other people's waste. And I always look at that like, you know, if if there's a hundred guys in the woods that weekend, if everybody picked up the trash they saw, that's a big impact, right? Um, you know, Huge. If, it, and I don't think that, you know, people see a bottle and they're like, you know, you look at the bottle and just, you know, idiot or you know a hole or whatever it is and you leave the bottle yeah. there well if everybody picked that bottle up you know and if if in a five mile radius there's a hundred people that did that same thing you know that's a hundred bottles off the landscape um that's a big deal oh yeah big deal so you said the coastline the the coastlands disappearing so explain that one a little bit because most people won't realize the elevation and and being below sea level to a point there so you want to give us a little bit of that so the the marsh it's claimed as land um but it's basically just floating grass (laughs) um it's the way it's disappearing is because from erosion or from waves or people riding or weather, like all kind of things. Um, it's just slowly disappearing. It's, it's going in into the water and they've done different things, um, to help that they, they build these, I can't think of the name of them, uh, but basically to explain it, you have a a coast and they'll put these, or like um, a water's edge, they'll go and they'll put a whole bunch of like random lines, kind of lines of shell or rock and they'll put them I don't know, I guess, for instance, or example, uh, 10 feet long and 
three feet wide or something. And they'll put those in a row and then they'll have multiple rows of them and have them kind of staggered. And it'll, what that does is it breaks the waves before they crash on the coast or on the water's edge line, which in turn helps it to not erode as fast. Um, so it's like a dike then, or a jetty or something, huh? Yes. That's, that's what I, I couldn't think of the word. Um, it, it, like it's getting late. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, the, in doing that, they've, saved a lot of the erosion from happening as as fast and then they're slowly building up um like i guess digging and building up more landforms i guess or um ridges to kind of help uh there, there's there's all kind of things that they're doing to try to help to try and slow that down yeah and that's yeah. I'm so gonna have my they have thing full here. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Sorry. They um they have maps where you can see, like if you look at a map from the 70s even, and then you look at a map a map of Louisiana from the 70s, and then you look at a map of Louisiana today, and you'll notice a lot of land along the coast is slowly disappearing. Like you won't see all these little random islands or what used to be a solid landmass is now looking kind of like an island. Um, but it, it, they, they had maps that they were showing us. I want to say in school, um, teaching us about, you know, what's going on and showing us, in 20 years what the coast would look like if nothing was done and my whole parish or i guess what other people call county would be completely underwater well i'm looking at the map right now that is something else wow <laughs> that is crazy yeah i mean just the wow the wetland the wetland loss is just that is insane. It's an eye opener. And I, I guess because it it's it's different land than like a mountain or a cliff or a rock or something. It's soft. So waves, yes, waves over time will cut out or cut through a rock or whatever, shape a rock, but in the same amount of time, it will do way more damage to soft ground than it would a cliff rock, you know? Yes. Yeah, so I was, I'm, I'm, as you're talking here, I'm reading that. So, I mean, this is at least from what I'm reading here, right? There's a couple paragraphs that I was able to make my way through, but this looks like a lot of this erosion is due to us really. Um, yeah right with with building the levees and i mean some mm -hmm. of that is necessary right to protect you know what what we put on top of these lands um, yeah but yeah they're saying that you know basically the mississippi and its deposits 
um, is what kept that there. Now with the levees, it's not able to deposit the sediment. Um, and that's yes. kind of what's causing that erosion. That's something else. I was going to say a second ago, you're going to have me full of research after this. <laughs> and I mean, the, the same, the same thing that you just said with the, the levees being an issue, um, it holds true for other areas. Um, like I, my camp is on a ridge, like on a, basically a, a big levee and, um, there's water on both sides and that's all controlled by a single pipe that they open and close to let water in or out. And if, if or when that pipe gets stuck, um, you know, our water rises and we have issues with flooding and all that, but, um, it's, I don't know that that's a whole nother story. Yeah, that's <laughs> that something land else. is crazy. Yeah. That's something else. Well, hopefully they get that, uh, figure something out. I mean, I, there's gotta be amount of dredging that has to happen, right? Cause is that sediments not allowed to flow out of that river? Um, because the levees are holding it, I imagine they have to do some sort of dredging to oh, yeah. keep that going. Right. I mean, the Mississippi is a, uh, is, is still a pretty busy, uh, thoroughfare for ships and whatnot. Oh yeah. It, it's a huge port for multiple ships and cruises and big old barges and all kind of things. That's, um, that's interesting. Oh yeah. They, they've since, I guess the historic, you know, hundred year flood we had, uh, I think that was in 2016. Um, since then, uh, Louisiana has been doing a lot of things to try to keep that from happening again. And one of the things was, uh, dr they dredged, um, canals and, um, coolies and all kind of things just to try to get all the trash and debris that's caught up, um, flowing and all that. Um, for the same reasons, pretty much. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, that's, uh, I'll be reading that after we get off here. <laughs> so, uh, we are late and, you know, I just, I, I had to get on with you. Um, I don't want to keep you too much longer. So do you have anything in closing, um, that you want to get out there? Anybody listening that's thinking about getting outdoors, any women, you know, and, and not to say you're an anomaly, there's, you know, the biggest growing demographic right now in the hunting world is, uh, is women hunters, which is awesome. Anything you want to get out there to the, uh, women that are thinking about chomping at it or any last um, statements? I'd have to say, just get out there and do it. Um, I mean, you'll never know what it's like until you try. And I mean, how do you know if you like something, if you've never tried it? Um, a, a lot of people say like, or yeah, I'll say people, um, <laughs> <laughs> don't like hunting or the outdoors because of bugs or whatever, but they have so many contraptions and thermocells now that, 
there's no reason <laughs> now for people to not get out there. Um, I know time could be an issue, but I mean, plan it. Um, or even if it's just going walk uh, in a park or a woods or <laughs> um, along near water. Uh, I mean, it's, like I said, it, it's therapeutic, um, a great place to think or learn something new. Um, just get out there. <laughs> okay, so I got one more question. The thermocells, do they work on the noceums down there? Uh, I don't really have issues with noceums. No. Our biggest issue is mosquitoes. Mosquitoes and damn noceums. I guess, yeah, I don't know if I saw too many there. Um, but when I well, go down it, to Florida, they're, oof. I never realized that there were so many different types of mosquitoes. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, so I live about, I guess, like an hour and 20 minutes from my camp. And I'll get bit by mosquitoes and they'll leave a little whelp and then it'll go away like after a few minutes. But in Pecan Island at my camp, I'll, I'll get bit by a mosquito and it doesn't leave a whelp. It's literally just like a red spot. <laughs> and it's like, wow, like they even mark you different they look different. I mean, there's some that are huge and then there's some that are like tiny, almost like a noceum, but it's mosquitoes. Yeah. They're, yeah. Uh, they're, and they're uh, like one of the number one killers right now. In the yeah. World. It's, it's, it's scary. I, I, yeah. I've had somebody, what is that? Um, ah, uh, they, it was West Nile. You got malaria. It is scary. They, they had something that was going around. Uh, and one of my friends' horses actually got bit by a mosquito that was carrying something. And it was down for like two weeks and it finally got better. But the, that that's one thing I will agree with all those shows about Louisiana. <laughs> Is that they're right about the bugs? <laughs> yeah, you're gonna get bitten. Yeah, so wear something. There's all natural. <laughs> if you need all natural, they have like ninety percent deep things out there that you can get. I use it all. <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't blame you. I do not blame you. Damn mosquitoes. We went up to Oregon last year, and I don't know what. Uh, I don't know what Oregon was carrying up there with the mosquitoes last year, but two weeks after we got home, welts were popping up still. I mean, it was just, <laughs> arms were just covered. And and we were, you know, after the first day, it was like, oh, we're in long sleeves. They didn't care. Nothing would work. It was insane. Now, I, I will say, though, have you seen those little, um, it looks like a tennis racket, but it when you like, Oh, yeah, the electric button. ones? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those things are great. They they will keep a kid occupied. They will keep me occupied. Those things are great. <laughs> I'm going to have to get one. 
it, it it's amusing. Turn on a light outside and go stand by it. You'll, you'll, you'll have fun. Yeah, payback. Oh yeah. Reparations for all the bites. <laughs> Wonderful. So I don't want to keep you any longer. I know you got to get up for work. I appreciate your time greatly. Um, and we'll, uh, yeah, we'll drop this episode. And if anybody wants to uh, look you up, they can look you up on what go wild and on Instagram. Yes. On, go, at, on go wild. Um, I'm under Colleen Donahue, uh, the duck lady. And that's and, duh, um, duck lady. <laughs> duh. <laughs> duh. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and on Instagram, it's the duck lady as well. Wonderful. Well, I appreciate your time greatly. You uh, go get your rest. You got an early day tomorrow. And we'll, we'll be talking you. to you. Thank you much. Oh, all right. I appreciate you. Thank you very much. Appreciate you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. You can catch up with Colleen on Instagram at the Duck Lady or on the Go Wild app at Colleen the Duck Lady Donahue. To learn more about Kong Valley Collective, go to westerncontours.com. Click the link in the partners page. Thank you for listening. Follow and tag us on Instagram at Western Contours. Jump on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. Subscribe, leave us a comment, and don't forget to hit that five-star rating. We appreciate the support, and until next time, lay them down.